0: This is Y2K Movies. A podcast about the films of the 21st century. This week, as part of our Broken Lizard retrospective, we're looking at 2005's Dukes of Hazard adaptation. Written by John O'Brien, but more importantly, directed by Jay Chandakar of the Broken Lizard crew, and features cameos from all of the Broken Lizard guys, as well as a few of the actors and actresses we've seen pop up in some of their other movies. So it's tangentially Broken Lizard. Broken Lizard by injection, as my grandmother would say. It's apocrypha. Um, I did not see this. This was my first time watching this movie. Same. I have to be completely honest. If not for the Broken Lizard connection, I don't know if we'd be doing an episode on it. (laughs) I didn't th- did think it was terrible, but it wasn't. It wasn't exactly a slam dunk. Um, so this this movie I did not see in the theater. It did catch my interest because I was a huge fan of the TV show as a child, and uh, this was his Jay's directorial follow up to Club Dread. So off the heels of Club Dread, I'm super into Broken Lizard. They're doing a Dukes of Hazard movie with Johnny Knoxville, who doesn't love Jackass and i'm down i'm down and i want to say and i have i have no recollection of this happening but just given the time when it came out 2005 i want to say this is one of those situations where i read the internet reviews and then just didn't go to the movies it probably got shitty reviews on the internet but devin farachi over at chud was like gave it one star and being a broke 24 year old where i'm maybe going to one movie a month or you know two at the most or something um Jack or not Jackass, Dukes of Hazard was not that movie. So I totally slept on this one. And I got to say, having watched it for uh, for this show, uh, I thought it was okay. I I would re- I would recommend it if it, if you can find it free streaming somewhere and you need something to watch. Um, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't offensively bad, but it it was. Not as good as the uh as I remember the t v series being or some of the other broken lizard stuff, Danny what say you
1: so first time right, and right. also this is one of those things that isn't really gonna be on my radar, and I'm happy that Jay directed it uh because I think the best parts of the movie was the broken lizard
0: cameos <laughs> um. Yeah, Kevin Heffernan playing the most accurate screen depiction of Pato Sullivan that I've ever seen in a movie before.
1: The fucking up? armadillo
0: hat. <laughs> the whole thing. The like, whole I'm thing. A, I dude, was like, that—that's—that's that's me in a to a in a certain light.
1: So, one hundred percent.
0: Thank I you for agreeing not... with me there.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, dude, he—he he was first of all this guy, uh, uh, Dukes of Hazard Farvra, to me was
0: probably the best character.
1: <laughs> Like, the best his, new edition, yeah. Yeah, to me, he was, uh, I mean, he was a breath, breath of fresh air. Like, I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure they could have got another fucking person to do it, but it's also just the fact that, like, I know who Farva is, so it's just really funny. I don't right. know his real name, obviously, or I'd be saying it. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Oh,
0: it was, it was like, I mean, it was something like Cletus or some shit like that.
1: Yeah. But it was, uh, you know, his character was really fucking, like, I don't know, out there. And he was kind of like a conspiracy guy, so I liked him. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I, look, I'm going to be honest. I liked this movie more than I thought I would. Yeah. And uh, I even, so what we do, well, after we do uh, these movies, I actually put them on IMDb. And, like, I give them my rating. And I actually gave it a 6 out of 10. (laughs) And... <clears throat> IMDB yeah. has it at a five and I know we you and I we don't really talk about ratings like we really don't but yeah. for some reason with this film like because you know we kind of started off it sounds if if I'm a listener right now it kind of sounds like uh ah, maybe I should not watch this movie <laughs> <But> <laughs> no i like, re- realistically I'd re- like it is kind of funny it's a little mix in between like American Pie and uh oh fuck what's that other uh I cannot remember the other uh, movie that um, Jay and Steve Lemmy and, like, all of them did. Uh, I think it's The Baby Makers, maybe?
0: Yeah. You know okay, what? So it's, that yeah, is that's the... funny, because I just noticed that. I, I just saw that for the first time on IMDb today when I was doing yeah, notes. Yeah, so
1: I I want to say, I'm pretty sure Jay directed that one as well. Um, And I felt like this was a movie that was in between that. Like, it was in between a little bit of, like, American Pie, you know, with uh, Sean Williams Scott, but also just kind of, like, how they acted. Not necessarily, like, Stifler, but the the group of friends, that kind of thing. And, I don't know, I just, like, I liked it. I didn't think it was bad. Um, I actually watched it today, to be 100% honest with you, Uh, which did not make my Easter any uh worse. It I actually like I said dude, I was laughing through this uh I watched it with my dad when I went to go have a nice lunch at uh, my family's house. Uh I I was like, "Hey, I got to watch this movie for a podcast. I haven't found time to do it. You want to watch this?" And he goes, "Yeah, I used to watch the show as a kid." I was like, "Cool. Let's watch this." Watched it and we both agree that it it felt a little bit more like um Smoking in the Bandit than it did Dukes of Hazzard. And, yeah, and that's okay. You know, it's whatever. But it is kind of interesting to see that because I it didn't feel like the Dukes of Hazard to me, and and also maybe this is like a uh, maybe this is more like a pre- well,
0: it is kind of a prequel,
1: right? It is how um it's how they kind of came to be.
0: It is, so. it is because in the, in the two two things that this movie sets up is the creation of General Lee. And one of the focal points of the series, something that embedded in my mind um, as a kid, unfortunately, which would cause me to get in trouble with the law later on in life, which we'll talk to, we'll talk about later, is that they're on probation and they can't leave Hazard County, right? Which is a plot device that gets brought up a lot. They're not supposed to leave Hazard County. They can't get caught outside of Hazard County. So there's a lot of them racing back and forth with the county line. And the police not being able to either follow or, um, you know, chase him back and forth, right? And uh, this movie kind of sets up both of those things. The probation thing isn't necessarily laid out, uh, but the way that the movie ends with their part, with them being pardoned and all the crimes that they committed and stuff, you could see that that would be something that would be in place for the next movie. Right you know and also we see them drive into the general lee before it was the general lee which uh, i got to say it was i'm glad that they that they discussed the elephant in the room when making a 2005 uh-huh. dukes of hazard which is not not exactly social as far as social awareness goes it's not where we are today but it was definitely further along than when the show premiered in uh, 1979 Right. So they they make a point when the boys go to uh, Atlanta to comment on the absurdity of them driving around with a Confederate flag on the hood of their car. And it's commented on by some of the bystanders. And they don't I don't think they get as much mileage out of the joke as they as they could have. But probably at the same time, they didn't want to derail the whole entire movie by it either. Um, But they get a few laughs out of it which at least they acknowledged it right because otherwise that would just kind of be bizarre because it it is you know let's talk about that for a second like <laughs> i mean that that's the duke's a hazard right they drive around with the big confederate flag on their on on the top of their car and uh, you know i guess in in you know the, the original show ran from 1979 to 1985, which honestly, I thought it was earlier than that, because I remember it being in syndication when I was a kid, which it would have been by then, um, because it ended when I was four, and I remember watching it as like, you know, like 10 and younger or whatever, right? Um, Right. So yeah, it was like, it was, Dukes of Hazzard was like one of those shows that you would watch like Saturday afternoons or after school with like the A-Team, right? Or the old Incredible Hulk series or something and um it was just one of those show shows that like i not to be sexist but i feel just that like little boys watched and you just sit there and watch dukes of hazard you know what i mean and it was fucking right. hillb- hillbillies running away from the cops and um it was a lot of fun and that was just every episode and there was you know daisy dukes was was cute like i don't think i really registered sexy necessarily but you knew that she was supposed to be pretty and uh and whatever, but, you know, even then, even when you're talking about, like, 1985, the kind of, like, the dismissiveness of, like, the Confederate flag and it, it being utilized like that, like, it it I don't know if there was any backlash at the time. I'm going to say there probably wasn't, you know. And then when I was in high school from, I, you know, I graduated high school in 99, there was a kid a year older than me that drove to school a replica of the General Lee. And it it was parked in the school parking lot, and with the Confederate flag on the hood of it and everything, and um, he would drive around like that, and he would drive that shit to school every day. And we were just like, "That guy's a Dukes of Hazard fan," (laughs) you know. (laughs) We never like, I don't think we necessarily thought that he was racist. Uh, We just we just thought he was like a weird car person or something, you know, Uh, you know, because that was like cosplaying before cosplaying was cosplaying. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's something that, like, in in 2005, they at least had the foresight to mention. Nowadays, I don't. I mean, now you, because isn't like Dukes of Hazard like not even on fucking TV anymore?
1: Yeah, I don't think it is. But I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I did not watch it like as much as like I've watched other older TV shows. Um, like honestly, I probably haven't even seen more than five episodes. But to my knowledge, like, I didn't. Th- I don't think that it that it's uh you know it, any kind of racism in it. I I don't know though. But like in the new movie, at least I'm happy that they did kind of like address it or the way right. that they addressed it. Um, the them coming into Atlanta. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that scene was kind of funny. Everybody's like, you have all these people like yelling <laughs> at them, the like fuck? join the join the 21st century. Come on, and then and then you got these other guys fucking running around them, talking about how the South's going to rise again. And like, yeah. I'm just like, and they're just like, what the fuck is going on here? And then they realize and we're like, mm. <laughs> they're like, I don't think this is good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, maybe in the show, you know, times were different, so maybe they did it. It is kind of crazy to look at it. And, and uh, I am happy, though, that it took, you know, that comedians made this, right? So they they could play with it a little bit. They weren't... I don't think they were, uh, you know, these, like, true, true Dukes of Hazzard fans. They probably grew up with it, you know, like other little boys, and played, uh, and they were just like, hey, we can make this kind of funny, and make it a little bit newer age, and I thought they did a pretty good job at it. Uh, For me, again, like this, like, out of all of, um, like, I wouldn't have watched this movie unless jay did not direct it like right or if it if it would have just came across and we're like yeah we'll watch it but i mean the only reason why we even found this or even thought about was because jay uh directed it but i would i would again from earlier i would definitely just say like i i uh i want people to watch it and actually go through it and see um i don't know just how how it plays out and and also to look for all the little little uh nuggets because i feel like there is a lot
0: yeah well all the broken lizard guys are in it right kevin heffernan has a uh definitely has a bigger role as sheev i'm reading his name right now on imdb it's s-h-e-e-v but just he's, he's a he's a uh highly stylized version of uh pat o'sullivan in film form um but the rest of the broken lizard guys are in there. You you're not more than 5 into it 5 minutes into it and you get treated to Steve Lemay's cameo, but unfortunately it's blinking you miss it and he's got a hat pulled down covering his beautiful face the entire time. So that's kind of a that's kind of a, a bummer. But Linda Carter's in it. Um who else is in it? The guy that played the um coconut Pete's security guard. He's in it too. Um as uh as the sheriff right mc Gainey playing roscoe p coltrane um and he's so yeah he was in uh club dread uh linda carter's wonder woman who played the governor and super troopers one and two she plays um the fuck she plays but she's in there and then uh we have willie nelson as uncle jesse and Burt Reynolds, you brought you brought up the smoking and the Bandit comparison, Burt Reynolds as Boss Hog, and uh, Burt Reynolds once again effortlessly charismatic. He was um, he was pretty good in this. Didn't give him a whole lot to do, you know, but it's it was good to see Burt Reynolds again.
1: Every you time know. I looked at him, I just thought of the Colonel,
0: Colonel Sanders.
1: Yeah, know <laughs> well, yeah, he's got like, that
0: white suit, sure.
1: Yeah, it's like dude, and he was just so tan.
0: Like he just—I'm right. like
1: not gonna lie—he looked really good. Like he was real handsome there. But like, damn, like this man was looking like a glass of milk. Like. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: you—you you brought up the—you um, brought up the Smokey and the Bandit connection. Obviously, I think that's where his casting kind of played off that a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, I could see that. I—I uh, I did find out though that originally for uh, Boss, that Danny DeVito and John Goodman were offered the role.
0: And Danny DeVito would have been fucking great. I
1: think either one of those uh, casting choices would have actually been better than Burt Reynolds. Uh, but they both, you know, they turned it down. And speaking of turning down, it does feel like, it feels like this movie went to a lot of people's agents. um, And, it, and none of them, it seems like, took it. Um, I'm actually surprised with who was going to play Daisy but go ahead and we'll get into that go ahead
0: well no let's talk about that real quick because there 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 are you know there's cameos from all the broken lizard people what there's not cameos from is the uh original dukes of hazard cast and it's because they hated the script so much that they didn't want anything to do with it which i thought was kind of like what the fuck else are you doing like the the dukes of hazard people do auto shows stuff now right like you go Like before, before Comic Con, before all that, they would just do like the Auto Show circuit, and you get your picture with them for five bucks, right? And they don't—they're—they're too busy, or they—they don't have the fucking time, or this is too beneath them to do, you know? Giant Knoxville's fucking Dukes of Hazard remake, Um, but I guess they had some very strong opinions about the script, which once again, like I think your estimation of this being about a six or seven, like that's pretty on point, right? Um, I definitely—I
1: would—I would would say probably. Between a five or a six, but oh. I like, yeah, like I mean, for me, dude, a seven is like, to me, a seven is a good movie. You know, five, five and six are just average films to me. I which, I know that sounds like, well, it doesn't really sound weird, like mathematically. No, because five, that's five, how that is shit like works, yeah, right?
0: Exactly. But
1: but for some reason, if you ever go on any like critic site, if you see a movie that's a five, it's a bad movie. Like that's how the critics rank it, right? But for me, like, like I feel like most people's average is about 70. Like, between 60 and 70. But not me. I'm like, no, dude. If it's, like, I don't really have, I haven't seen a lot of movies that are under a 5. And I even, I was, I don't know, some movies, like, uh, like, take last year. With um, Hocus Pocus 2 coming out, I give it a 5. <laughs> like, it was an average movie. It was just a movie. Like, I, you know, it has to be really a movie that, like, I just, I, I can actually bitch about. Like, the editing was bad. The sound was, you know, like, actual things were bad about it. But, um, or, you know, usually just a story, I guess, could be bad, too. But, like, even for, like, 2023, I have, like, a folder. I don't think I have any movie under five. At, at least, I don't think I do. Fear. Fear is my lowest movie, and it is a five. And Fear wasn't... Fear actually scored a 3.4. So, to me, like, that's... If you're if somebody goes online and actually looks up this, like, thing, like, they're gonna be like, holy shit, like, 3.4, they're definitely not watching that. But, I mean, 65 got a 5.5, but I gave it a 7. So, I mean, I thought the story was pretty original, and I was like, yeah, fine, I'll give it a 7. But I also... Basically, every movie other than Fear and... John Wick 4, they all have 7s. Every movie I've seen this year I thought was a pretty, like pretty good. John Wick, I gave an 8. But, but still not my favorite movie of the year. Still got to give it for 80, to, 80 for Brady. <laughs> which <laughs> I gave a 7. Which I actually gave a 7. And, and, so, same, and then Cocaine Bear is still up there too. So that, those are my two favorite movies of the year. 80 for Brady and Cocaine Bear
0: i my whole thing about and i I think you kind of hit the nail on the head here um but yeah the reason i don't like to attribute a rating system with for movies like i would rather like number one like the like we always talk about with this show if it's bad we're not going to talk about it right Right. because what's the point then it's just us fucking dunking on a movie and that's fucking easy um but and I'd rather celebrate something and give people something positive that they're going to want to watch, not tell people not to, not make people spend 20, 30 minutes listening to us talk about a movie that we don't want them to see. Right. Um, but when you do institute a ranking system, the problem with that was that it inevitably what you're doing is you're creating comparisons between that movie and other movies. Right. So like you said, like you're going to give it a five because that's in the middle of the number line for you right yeah. one is at one end ten is at the other and five is right in the fucking middle but if you look at a five on imdb that denotes a bad movie using air quotes yeah. or something and that's my problem with using numerical rankings for movies is that yes and now suddenly it's not enough that you gave it a five people are going to look at like well you gave this movie a five so that does that mean that they're both equally the on the same level, or blah, blah, blah. And really, it's like, you know, I get I get why newspapers do that. I get why Roger Ebert and, and you know, wh- when you read, like, Ebert, Siskel and Ebert reviews in, their, in the papers that they wrote for, because they're both Chicago. Oh, speaking of Ebert, by groups. the way, he, ga-
1: yeah, he gave Dukes of Hazzard, uh That's on his worst films of all time list, which I was like, that's really? That's a
0: little unfair.
1: That's what I'm saying, man. I, I don't care about Ebert, though. I, I really don't. Most you know, of his movie I movie ratings like uh, he's just a pretentious fuck, and
0: he. Well, here's the thing he he wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, like he, which is a Russ Meyer movie. Like he he has the capacity to really enjoy trash, right. and he sometimes can appreciate trash for what it is, and can reward trash. The you know on an aesthetic level. But he is very unforgiving with comedies sometimes, screwball comedies. And, and I, he, I mean, he gave Mallrats one and a half stars. Mallrats. And I would, and I would, I would put Mallrats, on some days I'll say Mallrats is better than Clerks. Because I love yeah, the scope of that. I would
1: probably, I I think typically with those kind of movies, they all, because on IMDb you can't do halves either. It's just one solid number. So, right. like, I think for all those films, I think I have them down for like a seven. And you know it could range, but I but yeah I, I get what you're saying with that one and a half dude. That's that's not right. good. <laughs> that's out of ten or out of five?
0: No, no, no. His 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 or star of, rating was four. But four. the point that I was the point that I was trying to make was that when he would write his reviews for the newspaper, and it was like okay, I, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk about this movie for you know two thousand words or whatever, and then I'm going to give it a star rating. All right, fine. That was one thing. But I what. What really propelled him to stardom and what made him known known as the critic that we know him as today was when he did the TV show with Gene Siskel where they just gave thumbs up or thumbs down and they would have a conversation about the movie. And I think that is a better way to approach film criticism. I do too. I like the way that we do it. Yeah, is to have the conversation and then do the thumbs up. Or th- generally speaking, was it good? That's like whenever I go see shit on Twitter, like or or on on fucking. Uh, and I po- I posted I went I saw a Super Mario Bros movie. Yeah, it was good. I want to see it. Yeah, there you go. Super Mario Bros. See it. it was it was it was good. It was, it, it was oh, good. I, mean, I don't to. Well, I'll, I'll spare you the fucking details, or I won't. You know, whatever. It was good. Right. You know, Dungeons and Dragons. It was good. You know, right. Go yeah, see I it. actually,
1: I want to see that one too. Um. Yeah, actually, I went back, and I don't know if you ever went on my IMDB list, but I have a Y2K uh, folder, a list, I guess, and um, it's attached to our link tree, so anybody listening, you guys can go check out uh, the movies that we've done for the show, and literally, the highest rated movies I have on here is just eight, and then the lowest is actually five, and I only have... I only gave four movies that we watched a five, which I feel like that's pretty good. It, it was The Stylist, Revealer, Shark Side of the Moon, and Hellraiser. That's it. And Hellraiser from twenty twenty two, obviously. But uh, I feel like that's pretty good. Death Drop Gorgeous, I gave a six.
0: Uh, oh, that's 10, nice. I
1: six. I mean, dude, I, I thought it was. I thought that Death Drop Gorgeous was entertaining, and I thought it was. I, I liked how it was written. I did, and, you know, I'm not going to be a dick because maybe they didn't have the right budget, but I also liked a lot of the effects. I think that was one of those things that I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll give them, you know, a, a better... But to me, a 6 is good. Like, it's an above-average movie to me. but right. Or at least average, right? or Somewhere around there, but some people, whoever's looking on here will look at this shit and be like, uh, a 6? That's That doesn't seem good. IMDb gave it a 4, so... And seems like <laughs> Shark of the Moon got a two point nine. I gave it a five, so let me see what the biggest upset was if I can. I've never really looked through these because I try to I, I try to uh give them a score like right at the end of the movie, but it actually doesn't look like I went crazy with anything other maybe sixty five because they did five and a half and I gave him a seven so and, oh and then I, and then 80. oh, spiral. They gave him a damn. They gave it a five point two. I gave Spiral a seven. So, wow. Oh sh- nope, nope. I found one even bigger now. Finally, Halloween ends. They gave a five. I gave it a seven. Yep. That's yeah. my biggest. That's my biggest upset. Damn. Halloween ends, and I like that movie a lot. That was actually probably one of my favorite. I would say top ten or fifteen of horror movies of last year. Possibly top ten. I'd have to go back and and actually look, but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think I kind of hate seeing that people people hate on movies just because they're not, you know, they may not be quite uh, they may not be the original. But at the same time, this is just a different uh, it's supposed to be a different interpretation, which is cool. I did hear that Danny McBride wanted to play Roscoe, and that would have that- been really cool. But Back he then, I don't
0: yeah. know if he he didn't have the power to or the fucking cloud or anything. Oh, right? he he
1: yeah, he actually uh, he got the script and then he rejected it because he didn't like the way the character was portrayed.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't want to do more with it. And I
1: will say this: okay, so the biggest of all trivia or anything else from Dukes of Hazard that really was like a wow moment for me was that in. And this movie came out in 2005, so I'm expecting that it was being filmed, you know, in 04.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, Jessica Simpson beat out Britney Spears, Mandy Moore, and Jessica Biel for this role.
0: Britney Spears would have been cool, but I think it would have been, you know, maybe distracting. Like, she was too much of a... Pop star? Yeah. Okay, and I don't... Well, for
1: me, I think... So, I don't think Mandy Moore would have been... I think she she had... I, I, I'm i sure she had the talent to do it, Right. which to me, she she's not Daisy, right? But Jessica Biel, I feel like could have been Daisy, but it's probably because she wasn't blonde, and that's why they went with Jessica Simpson. But Jessica
0: Simpson of- seems like a better, yeah, I, could, I yeah, can... Yeah, no,
1: Jessica Simpson's definitely the better Daisy, but I, I'm just, I was surprised with the, the talent that she beat out for the role of Daisy, and I'm uh, also pretty sure this was her first film.
0: It was, yeah. But yeah, I mean,
1: it was, it was interesting for sure. And, uh, also Billy, um, did you know that he, that the, that they wanted, uh, Matthew McConaughey to play Billy?
0: That would have been good.
1: I think that'd have been good, but, uh, but I didn't hear anything about that. Like, I don't know. I, Matthew McConaughey wasn't doing, he wasn't who he is now. Right. Right. So back in 2004 and five, I think he would have, I think he would have been fine in that role. Um, and then also, uh, they did, uh, they actually wanted Paul Walker and Ashton Kutcher to be the the, the cousins.
0: No, I mean, so Sean Williams Scott is, he's all right, I guess. I, I like him for the most part. Um he was really good in a movie southland tales that we'll get to at some point i know i keep threatening to do that movie we'll get there eventually uh i just want to find the right guest host for that but um he he was all right i thought johnny knoxville was pretty fucking good yeah i i
1: I think Johnny knoxville is actually a good actor
0: yeah Um, i i genuinely like johnny knoxville i like seeing him and stuff I liked every time they made him jump through that fucking car window, like because uh-huh. they never used the doors. They just always jumped in through the car, the <laughs> fucking windows, and like I could just see like how many times you're gonna have to do that. Like every it was it was exhausting watching them do it. I could only imagine acting how many takes they would have to do where they fucking jump through those windows like that. Um, Knoxville was good, and I think he was he was kind of perfect for it because he's from Tennessee. And it doesn't always show when he's doing his jackass stuff. But uh, he felt like a Southerner. And he's got that weird Southerner look to him. Like his eyes are kind of fucking goofy. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just, like I do, man. But just <laughs> Just alienate
1: the whole southern population. We all, we, I'm just joking. We all, we all got a crazy eye every once in a while,
0: right? It's just,
1: yeah, I mean, no, I get what you're saying. Uh, what was it? Men in Black. He had it really bad, didn't he? That like that stare. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Men about in Black was, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he had that stare.
0: Yeah. Two two things I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, one was that I alluded to it earlier. Uh, this is my Dukes of Hazard story. So I um. Was uh, being chased by the police once, <laughs> and because of my love of Dukes of Hazard growing up, I was in Chicago getting chased by Chicago police, and I thought that I was going to cross the line into the suburbs of Oak Lawn, and the Chicago police were going to stop, right? <laughs> because they can't cross the line. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> So I'm driving, and the fucking cops are behind me, and they got the berries going, and I'm like, all right, just another two minutes, and I'll be in Oak Lawn. (laughs) Fucking, (laughs) and I shoot across fucking Pulaski into Oak Lawn, Pulaski was the street that divides Chicago from Oak Lawn, and I shot across the street, and then I'm like, oh shit, they're still behind me.
1: (laughs) So I had to pull over
0: it. I got arrested. Oh, they they misfiled the paperwork the whole thing got dropped. But uh What? Oh yeah, dude. Uh that we'll was, talk off air. I don't uh, I don't get arrested. For, I I have run-ins. You? I have misunderstandings. Okay. I I right. have misunderstandings. I don't have convictions. Yeah, I, that's
1: that's what I've had. I've now I have physically been in the back of a cop car. I've had the uh you know, the nice little clink of um Oh yeah, just I I right the nice I spent the night locked up that night. My, no, I've <laughs> never done that. I've never had to do that. But uh, yeah, I've done. I've been in the back a few times. Yeah, uh, you know. But it's good, It's all in good fun.
0: So that was my that was my Dukes of Hazard story where Dukes of Hazard came close to ruining my life, and that would have been my defense, like in front of the judge. I've been like, Judge, Your Honor, I grew up watching. Dude, I'm a man of a certain age. I grew up watching <laughs> fucking Dukes of Hazard, and I thought I'm that a they man can't a cross the fucking age. line i thought it was i I thought it was like i escaped and i was back in hazard county and everything was fucking fine (laughs) um so yeah there's that and then the other thing i wanted to bring up which is a little bit of an abstract tangent we could talk about or not whatever but um going back to uh when we were doing the edgar wright retrospective when we did the sparks documentary they mentioned a movie that sparks was in called roller coaster and this was a disaster movie about a um a a madman i guess you would say that targets theme parks around the united states and he causes disasters and there's a lot of scenes or not a lot of scenes you would think there'd be more but there's scenes with like roller coasters derailing and like slaughtering the people on board and shit and um there's there's a scene towards the end of the movie the climax where they're opening up like the biggest roller coaster in the united states and of course the 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 madman has a bomb planted on it and when they cut to the um when they're showing like the 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 amusement park that day sparks are playing and they're playing as themselves and i watched this movie friday night Watch this movie this weekend. I, I saw it I saw it in the Sparks documentary, hopped on Amazon, ordered the Blu-ray, because it looked cheesy and entertaining, and it was pretty good. Well, it was came out in like the seventies, so I can't we won't be covering it on this show, but it's worth checking out. And I'm sitting there watching and I was high. And I'm sitting there watching this movie, and I'm looking at the fucking Sparks brothers, and there's that one dude with the Hitler mustache. And my mind made the connection between Sparks and how it was their shtick for this guy to have a Hitler mustache and how well that was received versus the Confederate flag thing with Dukes of Hazard, right?
1: Right.
0: And it, it would, and I mean, i these are like, these are like stoner leaps of logic that you make, right? Um, but it just seems so interesting to me that, like, as a culture, we would have, we let someone get away with that. Like, can you imagine, just as much as, like, we talk about today, like, can you imagine Dukes of Hazard existing today? You can't. Like, they took it off fucking syndication. It's not on TV land. I did look up. I guess you could see the episodes. You could buy the episodes on Amazon Prime or whatever. But um, t- it's not airing in syndication anywhere, right? And that's because of the Confederate flag on the roof of the car, right? And it's interesting that, like, you know, eventually that whole thing, that got canceled, right? And even though it's Dukes of Hazard and it's very benign and it's, you know, they're moonshiners or whatever, right? Um, but the Sparks... Did the whole Hitler mustache thing. I don't know if the guy still does the Hitler mustache thing because he's old. I mean, those guys are like in their sixties yeah, now.
1: Well he kinda he had the pencil more of a pencil stash now.
0: Yeah, yeah, now it's more of the John Waters dirt stash. Yeah, but like he, like
1: he it seemed like he would go back and forth though.
0: Yeah, I just I it's I think that there's something and I know that like it's interesting because Dukes of Hazard wasn't trying to be provocative with their use of the Confederate flag on the general lee. It was just
1: i mean they're georgia boys Jeez. yeah
0: it, it was just kind of a cultural thing and but that was kind of derailed where with the sparks and i'm not saying we should cancel the sparks by any means i just thought it was interesting that like in that context somehow it worked and it feels like it was even more atrocious or like insensitive or cancelable but right. it, they never really were. And they never, never just kind of let it go. But, like, dude, you're walking around with a fucking Hitler mustache. Can you imagine if a band today, if there was, like, a guitar player with a Hitler mustache? Right. That that acted the way that, like, what's it? I think it was Ron. Like, that that was real quiet and weird and aloof in interviews and shit. And then had this fucking Hitler mustache. Like, dude, they'd fucking come for him. Well, I would not. would also
1: think that, like, because he's being quiet and because he's being weird, they'd probably,
0: there's a good chance
1: that they might... Uh think something of it like maybe some kind of illness or uh like basically that he'd be behind something or at least that's how i feel about it that's how yeah. people they would try to they would they, you know because people when when you're quiet apparently that that's that's kind of what it means right like you're the weird quiet guy in the corner that was like ron <laughs> or is that his name ron from sparks i think so yeah, I think so. I mean, either way, like, I, like when I first saw it, and they talked about it, and they, they told their story of it, I laughed. I thought that was funny, because it was a fuck you to Hitler, right? It, him having it on, and him, uh, it's just, it's kind of the same thing with Taiki Watiti being Hitler and Jojo Rabbit. Like,
0: that's... Like that's I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought that up, because that was a very, like a, yeah... <laughs> which I actually
1: would love to cover that movie on the show cuz I actually sure really are. liked it. I like it. I,
0: I I love that movie too. It Loved I it. was not prepared for the emotional um
1: Oh dude, the fucking are you going to yeah. talk about the shoot? Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. We should definitely cover on the show. we we'll,
0: we'll I think we should it, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that could that be was a really X good one. That was that it was, was. That, because you know what? You're right cuz that that's a I mean, like we're doing like these broken lizard movies. <laughs> That's fine, right. but, like But that yeah. is a that is a modern classic. It really it is. is, and it's a very inventive way of storytelling. And the the you're right, the Hitler stuff and the way that it handles World War II and even that opening scene where it's like, um, is it help or uh, can't buy me love and it's in German. I don't know what fucking song they use, but it was like, um. Or Hard Day's Night, and they the Beatles sing Hard Day's Night. Yeah, common. that one. Oh, my God. Like, the whole... It's an incredible movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I really so. loved it. Uh, I also recommend the novel. I think it's called... Cages? Tracing Cages or, or something like that? I don't know. Oh, I didn't I, even know I,
0: it was based on a book.
1: It is. Uh, I actually... I read it a few years ago. Um, It was, it was good. Uh, It was... Pretty you know, Taiki definitely did his own thing. But again, we we could talk about this another time.
0: Yeah, I'm you know <laughs> I don't wanna, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't I'm wanna gl- give too much away. I'm glad I brought I'm glad I brought up my uh Stoner Sparks Dukes of Hazard connection because it led us to decide to do Jojo Rabbit, which I think is the, yeah. the, the big victory here today. Paging so,
1: Skies is the book. Cool. That that uh, Jojo Rabbit is based off of. So.
0: Any other uh Dukes of Hazard notes?
1: Uh, for Dukes of Hazard, you know, definitely don't shy away from it. Also, if you think that they are being, uh, you know, not exactly PC, they're they're not. I they handle everything pretty well. Just because you see the Confederate flag doesn't, you know, doesn't mean that they're it's it's anything bad. Uh, with this movie, also I live in the South, so like I I kind of know like look. <laughs> There's days that you do see that Confederate flag, and you know what's up, but there's also days that it's just a a part of history and and that especially being i mean I live in North Carolina, you know now I'm from Ohio, so luckily we got that going for me, but uh I'm a Yankee at heart, I suppose but but around here uh anybody that typically flies it or has it on anything like that it's 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 not necessarily what. The majority, I feel like, of people think of it today. It is more of, it's just, it, it's history. It's a, it could be a, you know, some a nostalgic factor for them, especially with Dukes of Hazard. or uh it could be, you know, or it could be fucking racist. I don't know. But, <laughs> you
0: know. You gotta take it on a case-by-case case basis. Yeah,
1: but I will say for this movie, they did a good job. Uh, Jay, who directed it, who's also a comedian. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a super funny guy. I thought they did a really good job with it. Even, obviously, uh, 15 years ago, or, ah, fuck, dude, it's almost been 20 years ago. Shit. Uh, When this movie came out, times were different. But, you know, don't don't shy away from that. And uh, if you see a fucking movie with a really low rating on IMDb, if it sounds like something you'd like to see or if it's with people that you like that made it, I give it a chance. Especially if it's from people that you like, because there's a good chance. It's kind of like with music. You know, we, we like all these people. They're going to have a couple albums or a couple movies that are experimental. That's outside their comfort zone. That's like a whole new step for them. Right. It's, you should definitely still go see that because you also can see, especially with directing and acting and writers, like all of it, really, you could see their development through their whole career. I like shit like that.
0: Yeah, this was one of Jay. Jay is a very big director for hire now, mostly with TV, but um, this was one of his first... Uh, he had done a couple of TV shows before before this, but this was between Club Dread and... Uh, beer fest beer fest would end up coming out the next year so this was still very early in his career this was a big step for him and you know going back to your music analogy you know you're right there's some albums that come out that are all killer no filler right where it's bang 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 and the the whole album is nothing but like you know awesome tracks and then you have albums where you know eh, it's all right but there's a couple good songs on there still and that's the way i look at this like this movie's all right it is not uh appetite for destruction. It is not back in black. It is not house of the holy, but you know, it's not Lucifer- You talk it's not Lucifer-y. Uh <laughs> But it's it's got. I like Kevin Heffernan and Jessica Simpson is is cute and Johnny Knoxville's good and Burt Reynolds is in it and and you know there's it's it's not without its charms. It's it's a seedy with uh a handful of good songs and only one or two bad ones and the rest of the stuff is mostly just middle of the road shit it's not you know it is very much a five you know i think you hit the nail on the head there uh it is it's it's just kind of uh middle of the road but like i said and like you said if if you have an interest in the creators or the source material or you're just looking for something to put on on a tuesday night you know uh, and watch because there ain't shit else on it's not a bad way to spend 90 plus minutes or whatever it is yeah
1: know? i think it's only like an hour and 40 it's pretty yeah
0: good. like it's i would say good. like
1: if it was two hours you know what i might backtrack a little bit right but i thought it was a pretty good time uh real quick just really fast some news you know how we talked about super troopers 3 yes being a possibility uh apparently they have a title
0: right, it's winter soldiers
1: Oh, okay. Did we also talk about that?
0: I I think when we did Super Troopers too, I mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's been on IMDb since we did Super Troopers too, because I know I saw it okay, back cool. then.
1: Yeah, I was just I was going through Jay's uh director his uh his shit so his filmography. So, but yeah, no. Cool. Uh, yeah, go check it out.